0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this fantastic and fabulous episode fabulous. of Mind Pump, for about 20 minutes, uh, we do a little bullshitting. We talk about we Justin's never do that. plane trip and uh, how he made an, a friend uh, with the person sitting next to him. This kid was super annoying, but he was a good kid too, and Justin had a good time with him. Yeah, We talk about how we use Brain FM uh, when we're on planes in turbulence and about the time I puked on the plane. And then we talk about mm. Justin's poop rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty rainbow. If you want to know what that's yeah. all about, you got to listen in. Lastly, we talk about my altercation with a homeless person in France. Then we get into the questions. We talk about the science, or lack of science, behind food combinations for optimizing things like digestion, absorption, assimilation, and elimination. In other words, combining starches with fats and proteins with carbs and all this other stuff. Then we talk about juicing, vegetable and fruit juicing, the pros and the cons.
2: Not juicing like steroid juicing.
1: Then we cover weight set point and the theory behind it. Do you have a natural weight set point that your body just wants to hover around? Find out in this episode. Lastly, we talk about birth control and how it may be counterproductive to building muscle for some people and how it may actually help other people build muscle. All in this episode of Mind Pump. Finally, uh, MAPS Prime Pro it's out now. Get 'em. It is our newest program. If you want to learn all about it, mm. go to mindpumpmedia.com. Let's get to the root and check it out.
2: Adam, I'm so, on like donkey come on. Adam, Adam, do
1: you sometimes feel like we're babysitting <laughs> Justin? <laughs> Most of the time. Like we're babysitting him. <laughs> <laughs> like we go on our trips and we're like yeah. taking a kid with us. <laughs> hey, you know. Behave, son. I yeah. I, uh, the hell, man. I like mm. to play. Remember yeah. that kid you became friends with on the air, on the airplane? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I do remember that, that weird kid. I wish we could show
2: that video without me looking like a total asshole.
1: We can't because yeah, he's young. Know, How old was he? It. He's probably like fifteen.
2: Nah, yeah, maybe like sixteen, seventeen. That kid,
1: this kid, we were on a plane, and this kid sitting next to Justin, and uh, he's just. And we're all fucking tired, dude. It's late. We're tired. We all have over it. I did not want to sit
2: next to anybody. We
1: literally, like, before the plane took off, we're waiting in the airport, and all of us are downloading Brain FM, sleep. Like music, like this is the, we're all
3: gonna fall asleep on the plane. Which, so tired. by the yeah. way, I'll tell you right now is magical for plane rides, dude. Oh, dude. oh I have to do that. Brain it, the, the the especially the last one at Tampa where I had to fly but for five and a half hours between two people. Mm-hmm. Like if it was not for that app, I swear to God, dude. Yeah, it would
1: have been. Uh, well, I mean, worst Adam, trip
3: ever. You sleep with your mouth open, which is <laughs> dangerous around
1: people like Justin. So anyway, it is dangerous. He, you know, so we're all like, oh we're all so tired. We sit down we're like, oh, man. And like, you guys hey, we got, were
2: all together. I was we by got, myself.
1: Yeah, we got A. We all had the A boarding. Like, we got to board on first. So we're like, fuck, this is great. We get to pick yeah. our seats. We all sit down. We're all like, put on our headphones. Everybody's like, ready to go to sleep. And Justin made the mistake of taking a little too long yeah. to put his headphones on. I didn't on. put
2: my headphones on just
1: yeah. Yeah. So he's like reading his magazine and stuff, and 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 then on comes the fucking classroom of kids. Who, yeah. I don't know where they came from. Like like somewhere in Ecuador or something. Something you know, like that. Somewhere in South America. And they were all these really smart. And I know this because the whole plane ride, they were all talking. But there was yeah. a, they were really smart kids. They were all just weird. They're all yeah. maybe because they were so smart. You know what I mean? They're all yeah, kind of little socially off. awkward. And this fucking
3: kid. <laughs> we play high school. What would you say?
1: Yeah. Uh, high school. Yeah. High, high school. school. Yeah. yeah. And what I noticed was like. None of the kids, all of them are a little weird. They're all cool, great kids. They weren't like bad kids, but they're all a little different. Yeah. So and great listening to you try to be PC right it's now. It's not, even, no, not. Yeah. no, you I'll know, what's funny? I'm not this. even. Look, I'll bro, bro, let's just
3: be. They were a bunch of fucking weirdos, dude. Bro, they were. But, they were a bunch of a fucking weirdos. Yeah, but,
1: but they weren't bad. Like, they weren't kids. I'd be no, like, fuck uh, these kids.
2: They no, were fine. Whatever. They're just no. a bunch of nerds. But anyway, they but,
1: were off. But Oh, you know why? Because <laughs> I identify with them. Anyway, so they're coming on the plane, and there's one kid that none of the other kids want to sit next to. Remember? So he was. Asian kid. He was looking around, like, he's looking and looking, and, like, there's no seats. And he's like, uh, and the teacher's like, find a seat dude Yeah. he's like where am he I gonna sits in the middle and, seat right next to me and the only seat available was right next to Justin so Fuck. he sits down next to Justin and you can tell the other kids didn't want to sit with him for a reason Yeah. so he sits next to Justin and he just starts t- talking to you and he doesn't stop he won't, he
2: won't shut up
1: he does he's telling yeah. you stories about what they did and where he went and yeah. what he likes to and eat like, oh, <laughs> and oh, fucking cool. he's talking about math and sign like all over the place. So so, and then there was like a like a second. Like me and Adam are in the front, and mm. we're just dying because yeah. Justin's being very nice and he's he's engaging with the kid and he's talking and it's just you know Justin's tired because you can hear yeah hand. we're all exhausted as fuck. A- Justin's answers become one like word. You know what I mean? Like yes, no, maybe because you can <laughs> Interesting. tell he's yeah. like stop right. <laughs> Yeah. So, so then Adam turns around.
2: <laughs> tell him about your pet shark. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, here we go. Yeah, you kid, know, I was like, I'm going to play along. Because the kid finally got tired. With him. Yeah, yeah, I guess
1: he finally got the clue Like after like 40 <laughs> it minutes. It was, it was right when he started to He kind of stopped talking a little bit, and Adam turns around and goes, hey, Justin, yeah. you should tell him about your pet shark.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, so like, I go into the elaborate detail about this shark that I have this uh, special tank for and all this stuff, uh, and he's oh. like, whoa,
1: that's so awesome. And then, and, and then he was like... Like, uh, and then I jumped in and I said something to you. Something about me
2: being a black belt oh, in, yeah. in, in like a uh, Wing Chun or I'm something. Like, hey, I'm, like, Justin, I'm like,
1: Justin, were you able to bring your, your katana yeah. on the plane? The oh. the one that you you know, you know studied with? He's like, no, I had to pack it. And so the kids keeps asking more yeah. questions.
2: He was getting more and more impressed. Oh, dude, it was great. Yeah. That's like one he's of those. He thought playing. I was like this crazy, like evil villain, like mastermind.
1: Well, the, wor- the, the worst thing though was me and Adam are in the front and we're just dying of the stories that he's telling you. But then we're laughing because then you realize we're laughing. Mm-hmm. And so then you start talking telling shit like you're making things up oh i was trying to make you guys laugh yeah, yeah with, well at that point it's him. like you just own it right because yeah. you're
3: like okay i'm not getting out of this conversation i may as well have fun with it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> a, <laughs> uh, like
2: i kept getting more ridiculous thinking that he'd be like oh well you're just bullshit talking about how you ride he your. he was shark. believing me like, yeah.
1: like like everything i said i was like wow this kid's so gold. he's like you ride your shark and you're like yeah you have to train him that I way I mean, of course so we're dying of laughter well the other kids in the other seats one of them looks at us me and adam just laughing and he goes god isn't he annoying and i felt bad immediately i'm like no he's great i love i love his stories and we went back to laughing yeah so
3: fuck. oh this. i didn't know i didn't pick up on that yeah you, you oh can, I, I, I think didn't one that. of the kids the other kid was punking him one of the kids oh fuck that kid exactly
1: yeah. so that's when that's when we all no. like then we all started talking i'm having a yeah. good time but uh boy, all mother funny. bear that kid
3: yeah fuck exactly it, no
1: i mean you know you're justin you're like the the you're a great person around kids yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I've had training, so. Yeah.
3: You know, yeah. I told you that we use the Brain FM, like the sleep mode on there. So I actually did a meditation one time. This was pretty cool. On the plane? Yeah, it was one of our shorter flights. I don't know if this was Seattle or LA. I'll tell or-
1: you, remind me to tell you how I used meditation on the flight once. Oh, did you yeah. really? Oh, yeah, but you go ahead first. I'll so,
3: so I that, I knew it was a short flight. I was like, oh, this is only going to be like an hour or whatever. I'm like, I, I'm not going to get like a deep sleep on this. So I put it on meditation and I thought, well, I'm gonna and I had people on both sides of me, so I was like another one of those situations where I'm not very comfortable, right? I'm just those Southwest fucking chairs are not made for six foot three dudes, you know, so yeah. they're just they're not at all. <laughs> they're not made for anybody. I I so know. what are they made for? Yeah. I, I literally put I put brain FM meditation in, sat up, postured up, and like started doing like breathing and, and core exercises sitting. Dude, it was the most calming, awesome plane ride literally ever, was doing that. In the middle seat? Yes. Wow. I sat up, I I postured upright, activated my core, concentrated on these real deep breaths, had the meditation playing in my ears. That flight went by so fast, and my body, when I got up out of it, felt so amazing. I was like, I've never got up out of a plane ride before and felt like that. So
1: I always use uh, meditation first on the plane, and then if we have time, then I'll put on the nap one or whatever but the one time when the meditation came in handy where were we when we took that small ass shitty plane and it was It most- was from
2: Spokane to to Seattle I think Was believe. that what it was? Yeah it was like one of those pawn jumper planes it, where you get outside. It was like fifteen to, you, seats on you the plane. About like that
3: was one of the worst. That's some of the worst that turbulence gnarly, I've ever been on. A dude. lot of flights. That was one of the worst I, we've I've ever.
1: Been I on. have. Can I? Can I just be honest with you? you guys? We dropped like a hundred feet. Just Bro, can I just be honest with you guys? I had major anxiety. Like for no. like, I've never had anxiety like that. I thought, <laughs> and I knew Man. logically, like we're not gonna die, but uh. it was so dramatic the turbulence where if you didn't have your seatbelt on, you get thrown out of your chair. That's how bad it was. Uh, yeah. It was like, whoa. It was like going
2: on a ride at Disneyland. And
1: you hear everybody on the plane go, whoa. There was a fucking lady crying right behind me. Yeah. She was literally crying. because come on, lady. Hold together. I get air sick really easily. So I'm late with my head back. I got meditation in my head. Hell loud. (laughs) And I have my eyes closed. If I open my eyes, I'm going to puke. And it was like that for the whole fucking flight. That was horrible. Was you know, really. when
3: it gets bad like that, I have this little thing that I replay in my head that a client said to me years ago, and she was a flight attendant for Southwest, and uh, I I think I just came back one time from a trip, and I was sharing her, like, oh, my God, I was going through this turbulence, and I was just, my heart stopped. I thought we, I thought we were crashing or what? that, and she laughed at me. And she goes, you know, like, the, the likelihood of what that is like, right? And she goes, well, when you feel turbulence in the plane... That's like the the same analogy of a car that's like you know five five mile an hour going over speed bumps. You know, it's like you're you're driving that slow, that safe, and it's it's just you're going over speed bumps, and the likelihood of you crashing your car you know, in that scenario is similar to the plane getting crashed. And then, so, and that starts happening to me. I'm like, we're just going over speed bumps. Yeah. I can say in my head. like uh, It's just a speed bump, Adam. It's just a speed bump. I, it, but when it goes on for like 15 uh, minutes, whatever, well, you Jesus Christ, there's enough speed bumps. Yeah, you
2: just think about how many like plane crashes in the news, you know, you can even identify. It's like, so few and yeah, it like all makes major headline news and so it's just like come on dude this is like another well
1: the reality is if,
2: if that's that's how i rationalize if you're going
1: it. down don't fucking like, yeah yeah you're done you're not gonna yeah. feel shit yeah. you're just you're gonna done. yeah you're just gonna incinerate yeah. but I, I i what really what gives me anxiety isn't necessarily that i'm afraid it's the uh like the air sick that i get like the shaking and shit like and i, I don't want to i can't look outside because that makes it worse so I just I have to close my eyes, otherwise I'm gonna puke, and so that's that's the that's my big fear hmm. on the plane. Really? I yeah, I just don't like the because I have I've actually thrown up on a plane before.
3: Do you not like roller really? coasters? then? Uh-huh.
1: um, you know I I can and sometimes depends depends how I'm feeling. So if I go on one and I start to get a little motion sickness, then I won't go on anymore. But the worst is in cars, cars and planes and boats will get me uh, sick cars especially mm. like for going up winding roads that's why I always have to sit in the that's front of that's why you car. sleep right away yeah that's right that's yeah. probably one of my just my defense mechanism yeah. is to go to sleep but i have thrown up on a plane have you guys ever puked on a plane before
3: no yeah i did no god yeah, does yeah, your does your girl ever get annoyed Tommy. by all the little things that you have to be sensitive about no i make
1: up for it with other she... things <laughs>
3: Is she, I'm thinking about all this stuff I'm like god damn dude you can't go to a restaurant uh, fly on a plane doing these things without something affecting something yeah, on your system yeah. she doesn't give give you a hard time ever? no
1: no like I said I make up for it <laughs> yeah. we, uh, I, <laughs> go, I, I was in Vegas and I was with my cousins and we went hard like we went so hard you ever go so hard that one of the, someone disappears, like one of your party is gone. Yeah, you don't even realize it. And you're just like, it. we don't know where he yeah. is. Yeah, we'll we'll like, reconnect yeah. later. And you at the airplane, like you're waiting for your plane, and you're like, he's not going to make the fucking plane. And right as you're boarding, you see his ass running up. <laughs> with like, you know, like, that's that was this trip. Like, that's how hard we went. <laughs> yeah, we get, did that one time. I get on the plane, and I'm still a little drunk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm mm-hmm. still kind of feeling good. So I'm like, eh, I'm a little drunk. But then it wears off, and the hangover starts to set in as we're flying, and Ugh. then on top of it it was hella turbulent and i fought it the entire way from vegas to san jose up until we landed we landed and i'm like and i'm fighting it still i'm like i made it just got to get out of the plane just got out of the plane and those fuckers left us in the plane for like 30 minutes because they had to wait for a you know a little, little taxi you know, yeah, a little taxi or whatever couldn't do it anymore bro i opened up the little fucking barf bag which by the way who barfs that only is that not much? not enough. Yeah. It was, yeah. Come yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. on, dude. I'm like, what the fuck is So, but I knew know, this ahead of time. It's like a bucket. I knew this ahead of time. I looked at the and I'm like, I'm going to need like two or three of these. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked the people around me and I was just like, you can spew spewing this. And, I just yeah. picked up. and then I'm like, what do I do with this? Like the, like you just hold on to it. Like, they're walking, they're not walking around anymore. Everybody's about to get up and get <laughs> out. So, I fucking just left it. Like, oh no, you didn't. It. It. Yeah, I dude, got a doggy it? bag. So, yeah. you know, they went through the plane to clean it. Like, this gross. motherfucker. <laughs> that's so gross. Found a bag of uh, <laughs> that's disgusting. Uh, throw up. Mm. Throw up is grosser than poop. I mean, it it's is, like a, uh, it's bad. Like, man. would you rather find a bag of puke or it's a bag a- of poop? It's a close human second. Human poop. Yeah, it's a close second. Because human poop, dude. Come on. Wait a man. minute. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? What poop is wor- not bad? Like human poop, I guess. Human is the worst. poop is the worst. Yeah.
2: Did I did I tell you guys what happened uh, when I was like at this coffee shop in downtown Santa Cruz? Like, there's been this problem with like uh, vagabond, you know, people like that have come in and they set up c- camps and stuff, and so there's like all these like angry bums kind of roaming around. <laughs> no. And so we're like, <laughs> welcome
3: there, to Santa Cruz. Right. Hello. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's regulate this
2: anyway. So we're sitting at this like nice coffee shop. I'm inside. There's nobody in there. Like we went at a time, it was like three in the afternoon. And so I'm sitting there with my friends. We're chatting, whatever. And we're going to go, you know, get something to eat after that. And we're talking and all of a sudden, like some, some homeless character guy comes by, you know, the window and we're staring out this window. And he looks at us and there's literally only us in this place. And he takes this, this ratty like clothing item and he smashes it onto the window and then he smears it up across, and it was his human shit. No! Oh, yeah, no. his shit. And then he ran, and I was just like, shitty rainbow! <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is like a sketch from, from heaven! This yeah. is like ridiculous! Like, who fucking does
1: this? He actually smeared his poop? He
2: smeared his poop, right? Like, right where we were, so we had what this the rainbow fuck? of shit to look at as we're drinking our coffee. I'm like, thank you, sir. You know, <laughs> how you long know, did you
3: did you stay there?
2: I couldn't Bro, see Bro, we just... We, we, we look over at each other, and we couldn't believe it. And then we told the manager there, like, hey, this guy, he put some shit on your window. And like, he was like, what do you mean? And one of the guys <laughs> laughed, and then the other guy got so pissed off. And he's like, ah, oh, I'm calling the car. Call. He's like, yelling outside. He's getting all pissed off. He's like,
3: that fucker. You know, it was crazy. Now, yeah. does somebody... Like, when something like that happens, like, does this guy deserve an ass whooping like what how does that what i think he's i mean
1: he's meant there's mental pro- like the first off the whole uh, well he took off so he's i crazy. was just like oh yeah i don't
2: even want to get near he's that guy i'm get like some kind of weird I, you know
3: i think you have to right
1: yeah Bacteria you are most, most homeless people um when they do t- you know when they people do surveys and tests or whatever most of them have serious mental issues And then that right there. Is it really that
3: high of a percentage?
1: Very high. Mm -hmm. Really? Very, very high percentage of homeless uh, people have mental illness. 100%. So, when sometimes you see some of them and you're like, ah, you know, just go work and get a job. They have a tough time just being on earth. You know what I mean? A lot of them. They just, they have problems and they probably need to be institutionalized. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. You know? But when
2: you start getting crazy and doing shit like that, dude, like somebody's got to regulate. Bro,
1: I I had to handle one. I actually had to deal with one. Uh, I thought I was going to have to, like, am I going to have to physically have a physical altercation? Because the worry with that I had, it, it, this guy wasn't necessarily, here, I'll tell you the story first and then you, I'll, I'll tell you what's going on in my mind. So I went to France uh, years ago with, um, at the time, my wife and some friends. And we had a layover, and we missed our train, and the next train was in the morning. So we kind of had, had to spend the night uh, at the station, and then they kicked us out of the station at like 4 or 5 a.m. for cleaning. So we take all of our bags and stuff and sleep outside or stay outside the station. Well, uh, we're sitting there with our stuff, and we left our stuff for a second. A homeless dude just comes over and just kind of sits on our bag, just kind of chilling right there. He's sitting <laughs> on your bag. Yeah. Sitting on my backpack, <laughs> what the and I'm like, yeah, and I'm <laughs> claimed. Yeah. If, well, if you think, I don't think he was claiming it. I think we were just in his spot because oh, I, I think that's his I ha- like where he lived, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's chilling there, and it, and I felt zero like physical threat. The guy wasn't big. He was homeless and whatever. So I'm like, he's not going probably do it. hungry. Yeah, he ain't gonna get away with anything if he tries to grab my stuff. So I walk over. I'm like, hey man, you're on our stuff, and he looks at me and he goes, this, he goes, this is my stuff. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, here, here we go like what am i gonna do like if i do i, I don't want to physically do anything with him because it's uh, mine now. what if he's got like a needle on him or something yeah like no that? this is the
3: exact this is the exact predicament that i was uh saying when i said like well wait, does a guy deserve an ass whooping like in a situation like this like what do you do like that's got to be such a tough one you got to be careful because because yeah no i get it You're, if they
1: have a needle on them or if you yeah. catch a disease or something right so i'm like oh man what am i gonna do so i'm like listen man you need to leave, get off our stuff, or I'm gonna have to like pull you off. Like, I'm gonna have to push you off and whatever. And weird thing was, he spoke uh, broken English, by the way. This is in France, which is kind of cool. So he's like, you know, no, I'm not gonna leave. I'm not gonna leave. So I'm like, fuck. Like, so I'm, I turned to my wife and I turned to my friends. I'm like, D- do I just grab him? Like, and they're like, well, maybe you should look for a police officer. I'm like, fuck. Like, what if he takes our stuff? Like, what am I gonna do? So he had a box of wine next to him Mm. that he had set down on the floor so you can grab that yeah so i did this wide loop so he didn't know i would be coming around him so i walked away did this wide loop snuck up behind him grabbed his wine and then he freaked out (laughs) yeah give that back and i said if you don't leave our stuff i'm gonna pour all this wine on the floor Like, because I know this is important. To I think
3: that was a good play. Yeah, a good and so I think that was a good play ticked, right there.
1: So he got up and I took his Disc wine and I set it on the floor like hella far away. So he took the wine. That he left. Then he left us alone. And then, here's the best part. He comes back with like five other <laughs> like homeless ah. people. And they're just walking around us. And I'm like, we're going to get jumped by homeless people. Oh this is going to be terrible. They got a gang. Yeah. And yeah. so, but luckily they didn't, they didn't do anything and we ended up. Making it out of there, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was my worry. My worry was like, "Well what, played, sir. Yeah. Well played." Like, what do you do? Because you're gonna have to grab him. Almost no, no, a I fist think fisticuffs. And I don't want to. I don't want to hit the poor guy. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: My thought would be grab him because I could easily grab him. subdue yeah, Chris him. Chris Rock was a shake the shit out of him, and hold them yeah. right. But then what if you grab him and like shake the shit out of someone like that? You know, what if he's that? got uh. like a
1: needle or something and he pokes you? you know that what just mean? sounds. Oh funny. shit! I got hepatitis. That just sounds funny. Right there. Maybe he's got yeah. a
3: knee. Could you imagine he pulls a needle out and running at you? Like I don't think that's gonna happen. Happen. uh that mm-hmm. happens, that happens. <laughs> yes it does dude yeah.
1: that i talk to police officers who've been poked by by needles and shit like that that's true dude. well that, i could see that yeah, with a police officer yeah i could, I could get these that's ca- true I or could. poop here's another one yeah like you know in prison like in prison like prisoners who, if they want to fuck with the prison guards and shit they'll throw their shit at them because poop's got diseases and stuff in yes yeah,
2: it. not
3: yeah
1: you don't want poop on you
3: no dude <laughs> <laughs> you
1: could probably hold up a bank with poop
3: bring yeah. on this shitty bird Whoa. please <laughs> right up, all you bearded men and all
0: you bearded ladies. This quad is brought to you by Big Top Beard Company, whose all-natural beard oil products not only make your beard smell amazing, but feel amazing, too. Their organic essential oil blends transport you to manly places like the mountains, the desert, the sea, and beyond, all while encouraging a lot of beard nuzzling to boot. Mm. Buy it for yourself or as a gift for that special bearded someone at BigTopBeardCompany.com. Enter the discount code MIME Pump for 33% off at checkout. First up is from Brooke Donut Girl. What are your thoughts on food combinations for optimizing digestion, absorption, assimilation, and elimination? She has read articles that say you should not eat proteins and starches together.
1: So this, uh, when I first saw this question about 15 minutes ago, it uh, it reeked of, uh, like pseudoscience, right? It just sounds like pseudoscience, like don't combine foods because it's not going to... I'm like, this is silly. Like, what are they talking about? So I did a little bit of research and in Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine, this is a very big thing. They'll tell you specifically to avoid combining particular foods because they affect uh, digestion. They can cause uh, bloating. They can cause issues with how you assimilate food. And so I looked a little deeper because, and I've said this before, when you have these ancient uh, ways of wellness and health, like Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, which have been around longer than Western medicine, I'm not saying they're better, I'm just saying they've been around longer, that a lot of their methods uh, stand the test of time. And what I mean by that is if you have something, you know, Chinese medicine is thousands of years old if something is just plain false or doesn't work at all or does the opposite of what it says over those thousands of years, the Chinese medicine practitioners will eliminate it and other things will be put in place that tend to work, which is why when you look at like Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine recommendations with like herbs, you know, where they say, you know, if you're stressed, take uh, ashwagandha, right? Ashwagandha is great for stress. It helps your body deal with stress. Well, now Western science is actually showing that it does in fact have this, you know, these, these uh, stress-fighting effects in the body where it kind of helps your body reach homeostasis depending on if you know, certain hormones are too high or too low or whatever. So they were actually right in the way that they explained it. And you see this with a lot of stuff that's in both Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine. So when I saw that both of them, both those methodologies are big on this, I said, okay, I wonder if there's something to this. So I looked a little deeper, and I found this Dr. Pickering, who um, is a big proponent of this. And he talks about how, eat, how some foods uh, need, to, need certain types of digestive, um, uh, you know, digestive acids and enzymes, which may be counterproductive to other types of foods. For example, if you eat lots of starches, that may uh, produce more of an alkaline uh, effect in the stomach, whereas uh, foods that are high in proteins— uh, and fats may require more of an acidic effect in the stomach. And so eating one first over the other one may
3: cause problems. So
1: is there some truth to this? I'm not sure. I think it's pretty cool. I think I, I want to well, look into
3: it. Well, I, I right away, things that sound fishy to me is words like optimize, right? So optimize digestive absorption. Like, what exactly does that mean? Like, we know that if you pair... Uh, any carbohydrate, whether it be a starch or any other carb for that matter, with a protein or a fat, you're going to lower the glycemic index, which is basically how fast that food gets converted over into blood sugar, right? Or it converted over into glucose, excuse me. So if that's the case, like, of course, like the faster it's being – uh Digested and processed into your body, it just makes sense that that would be healthy. But then there's also detriments to that also because it does. Then it's then you spike insulin, mm-hmm. which and then now your body's in a state where it's ready to store fat. So there's I could see there's pluses and minuses to both to to either either or. Yeah, I so mean, you gotta, you, it, so when you say that's word, a great point. So when you say optimized digest, sure. I mean, I could get where. Having it, you know, a food that's faster or higher on the glycemic index is going to get digested quicker and converted over to glucose faster. Therefore, the body doesn't have to work as hard. So that makes sense to me. uh, How you could try, you could, you know, put this together. But then I also think there's uh, detriments to that, and I think there's benefits to pairing it with a protein or a fat to slower or lower the glycemic index. So there's pluses and minuses to both. I that, think. And now, th- now hmm. that's
1: a very good point, very interesting point. Um, but then we read some of these new studies that are come out, coming out with these uh, continual glucose monitors, mm-hmm. and they're finding that the individual um, variance, var- variance yeah. is like – Trumps that it completely yeah. trumps it well, like, that's, right that's
2: where I'm you know most of my thought process is going in that direction with most of this these ideas and this may be something that has validity with like certain individuals, but completely not in other individuals and you know I, I was thinking about this there's another Philosophy. I remember somebody talking about like uh like what the order of food that you eat and, and all that as far as digestion purposes. Do you know much about that sal as far as like, you know, loading it up with like cruciferous vegetables first and then kind of like stacking
3: I I don't know much about this. I think For find- the purpose of like digestive enzymes and things like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean it, see all that stuff all makes this stuff it's like yeah. It, it makes it, sense to it, me. It does.
1: Well let me ask yeah. you guys this. It's like have logical. You,
3: have you guys noticed that if you eat
1: a particular food or particular type of food that you prefer to have this other type of food with it to help? absolutely. What have you guys noticed?
3: See, that's why right away this is funny to me because I find like when I have something like chicken or steak, having it with a rice or sweet potato, I actually find it complements the digestive process for me Mm -hmm. than the other way around. So if
1: you just eat chicken by itself without uh, the rice, you don't digest
3: it as well? Yeah, Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I wonder, and and I also always feel like when I have a big bowl of vegetables too, like with my meal, it makes a difference too. Like there's, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, I even know, I the biggest though out of all those has nothing to do with the food combination. I notice the difference from sitting down and eating versus eating and then making sure I get up right away and move, like just gravity and what it the role it plays, moving the role, yeah, yeah, the role it plays in the in in the digestive process. I find uh, trumps all food combinations, like. You know, being a guy who's yeah. tracked and weighed and measured and been so crazy about all this stuff, i played with so many different combinations of, you know, pairing certain fats with proteins and carbs and mixing them all up and bowl, large bowls of veggies before or after. I've done all this stuff. And personally, for me, like the biggest out of all of them, like moving Moving after consuming food. When you talk about the digestive process and how the how my body feels afterwards, to me that's the greatest out of all of them. It and makes that's, a huge. It makes such yeah. a big
1: difference that this is actually a big area uh, that uh, of issues of problems that astronauts have. Like when astronauts go into space, they have a lot of unique problems uh, yeah, because of the, zero, the gravitational gravity. Forces. Yeah, yeah. Of zero gravity. Yeah, because it's zero gravity. Like they lose muscle, bone mass. Like they have to exercise every day just to stop. So do they
2: have to physically sort of like massage, uh, you know, some of the digestive process. Or? It's,
1: there's there's a lot. I'm not quite sure what they have to do aside. What I do know, though, is that digestive issues are prevalent because they don't have gravity. There's a reason why your butthole is at the bottom of your body. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. your mouth is not. at the top. Yeah. It's because if it were the other way around, it would be very difficult to digest because gravity plays a huge role right. in the. the well, it's so so, so much function. to the
3: point that I mean and this is what really mind pump has always been about is 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 teaching people the bigger rocks, right? In these things and I'm not saying that this this article might not be true or there's not some validity to it. Um, I do know that we've seen enough with uh, people like you and the glucose monitors and the difference and variance of individuals that, uh, you know, a cookie affects one person this way and then affects another person totally different, like as bad as a yam or a, a yam looks as bad as a cookie for another person. Well, I'll so- tell you
1: what's crazy for me. So I, um, I've always been very sensitive to carbohydrates. So if I eat a lot of them, I'll get real kind of sleepy and lethargic afterwards, which tells me that, I, you know, like I'm sensitive to them. So I kind of, I would save them for later on in the evening if I had them or I wouldn't eat them at all. Ever since I uh, did that whole that whole you know herbal cleanse, if you call, I hate fucking calling it that because now I sound like one of those yeah. uh, those you know charlatans. But detox, where, yeah, where I did uh, I took like wormwood and black walnut and all those things to you know cleanse. I kind of hate using that cleanse my body. Um, my gut health has been a lot better, and my tolerance for things has has changed. So. Like, if I eat starches and stuff now, I don't get that same effect where I feel like I'm lethargic afterwards at all. I can eat now a little bit of carbohydrates at lunch, and I don't feel like I need to take a nap afterwards like I did before. And my tolerance for caffeine is a lot better. Very interesting. So, uh, And and Rob Wolf was speculating on why some people – because in these studies, what he, what they found, which is really mind-blowing, is you have people who will have a higher – insulin spike and blood sugar spike with like a fat than they would with like a cookie and he couldn't figure it out like what it was it wasn't fats in general it would be like a particular food like i ate an avocado and i get this crazy spike in insulin and then i ate this banana and i didn't get one at all which makes no sense whatsoever until you start to examine the potential immune response that that person may be having Mm. so if you have an immune response then that causes the liver To shoot out uh, glycogen, and that'll cause your blood sugar to spike. So I'm wondering if for me, um, that's what happened. Is I was having these immune responses from having inflamed gut. Yeah, I did that whole process
2: from it it being permeable from you know the leaky gut where it goes in. It identifies some of these nutrients as like a potential threat, and it creates this sort of and my liver just jump. And I got this blood
1: sugar rush and this crash. Hmm. And now I don't necessarily get that as much. As far as food combinations are concerned, if I eat a heavy fat protein meal, I almost always have some kind of uh, a high fiber, leafy green vegetable source because uh, it really makes a big difference with my digestion. As far as order of food that I eat, what I've done in the past is I've always eaten what I thought was the most important food first. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Because muscle building and exercise and all that stuff was always my priority, the first thing I would eat would be my protein and my fat. So it would always be like my meat first, and then I would move on to my other stuff. Now, I, growing up in an Italian household, we never ate meat first. It was always- Bread carbs. and pasta. Starch. Yeah. Starch came first. Uh, the meat came after. Um, now, listening to my body and really being in tune with it, if to be quite honest, I-, I probably better off eating the vegetable first that's what I do do yeah. you really yeah eat
2: vegetables first yeah if it's a, there
1: and I've done when I do it that way I notice that my digestion seems uh, a little bit better but this is pretty interesting uh, stuff I, I, I'm gonna look a little deeper into it so I can g- give a l- little bit better advice but I will say this on the long list of things that you should pay attention to it's
3: towards the bottom
1: it's yeah, yeah it's towards the bottom I, it it's like
3: meal timing i mean you talked on the on your gut which i think is important too and that's definitely some i think a lot of people can relate to that but i literally i challenge anybody who hasn't done this is you know make a conscious effort like literally make an effort that every time you eat that go for a little 5 to 10 minute walk literally 5 to 10 minutes doesn't have to be that long just as soon as you're done eating don't just go lay down and watch TV or just sit at the desk and go back to work make a conscious effort to walk for 5 to 10 mm-hmm. minutes and watch how amazing you feel yeah the movement helps digestion
1: uh, remember when you're walking your your pelvis is shifting so all the all of the digestive organs. Chew your organs, food more. Chew your food. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all your digestive organs are there in the moving. And what a lot of people don't realize is some of these deep hip flexor muscles are right on top of and around the your some of your digestive uh, organs. So when you're uh, when you're walking and you're activating muscles like your psoas, for example, it's actually massaging. Uh, these digestive organs and helping helping the digestive process. This is why uh, when you have like appendicitis, for example, one of the tests that they'll do to see if you have appendicitis is they'll do a psoas test. They'll actually have you contract your psoas, and if it causes lots of pain, because it's sitting right there, right on top of your appendix, if there's... Uh, so they can rule it out. Yeah, if there's lots of like severe pain with just trying to flex your psoas then it might that might it, just be the psoas. then it right? no no then the oh. likelihood is it it it's appendicitis oh because, because it's protecting sit, it it's sitting right on top of it hmm. so that's like one way to push on the appendix oh, is, to, I see. is to contract that muscle so walking post and in all all the old cultures do it too by the way all the old cultures like mediterranean cultures uh, asian cultures they all uh, have a ritual of after having dinner or whatever having a big meal
3: is you go for a nice it's walk, it's 100% been one of the biggest game changers for myself personally, and it and I really didn't uh make a conscious effort to do it until I got into my 30s. Until later on, when I was trying to stay leaner, and, and these were little, and it's a great way to burn an extra few calories. It's a, I think, it's a, it's a win all the way around, you know. And it, it's just, it you have to create the habit though first because it's. It, we're as uh, Americans, we're the opposite. I mean, it's if you really start paying attention, and I always challenge my clients to do this stuff. Is like, you know, hey, pay pay attention when you're these foods. Like when we enjoy some of the things, like wine or cheeses or desserts or stuff that you know we consider bad foods. You know what really kills us is we just tend to do it at the worst times. You know, it's like we. Not only are we, were we lazy all day, but then we decided to have this big meal, and then we followed up with a dessert, and then we decided to sit and watch TV. It's like, well, fuck, if you actually just made the conscious effort to get up yeah, and walk right around. before bed. Yeah, right? Like, exactly. So if you actually just made this conscious effort to to burn and use and stand up afterwards and walk and move and help that digestive process, like... That all will make a big, big difference if you if you make. We effort sound to. like a bunch of old men. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, we're talking about walking after <laughs> eating. Little yeah. by little, our and conversations like, are turning. You into You know, what? The you should poop. probably you know
3: eat at like four thirty, yeah, for okay. dinner. Because uh, dude, I wish
1: I had. I, I like to take a nap. Yeah, before I, like,
3: I get the early bird special. I wish I, I wish I had some of the gyms that we drop on this show back when. Oh, I was absolutely! In my twenties because I, early just, 20s cause it I was, just find it hilarious because it's
2: like you I know, know it does it's sound all those helpful. things that you're like, oh, you old man, whatever,
3: dude. I remember. Well, do you remember? being a trainer and actually I used to I actually used to laugh at people that used to say that when I'd ask them do you exercise you do this and they're like oh I make sure I go on all these walks and I'd be like oh, they're not they're not walks. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I used to scoff at it like yeah. I like, come on like you know like Sounds where now I'm the opposite like when I start I'm like I tell people like, listen just start with a walk you know like if yeah. you don't walk at all let's start with that you know and we'll build on that
1: <laughs> like- I just remember as a kid hearing the old like the older people in my family they were probably in their 50s and they'd be talking about how, like, uh, oh, I can't eat that. I get constipated. In my digestion. Oh, I, don't, oh, like I took a nice topic. Oh, the I took day, a poop yeah. the other day. I felt yeah. so good. I remember thinking, like, what like, the fuck are you, talking are you guys about talking about? Yeah. Like, a poop. Yeah. Who cares? And all, as you get older, you're like, that's yeah. everything. Oh, my God. I had such good sleep. <laughs> my and, entire, you know, it's like, I always get sleep. My entire day is <laughs> yeah. based on if my morning poop was good. Yeah. <laughs> if <laughs> I had a good poop, I'm having
2: a good day. If I didn't have heartburn all day, I've been fucking, I'm a champion. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I'm, Moving you along. I'm killing it.
1: Quick commercial break. Hey, people ask us all the time how they can support Mind Pump. Here's what you can do. Uh, you can go to www.brain.fm forward slash mindpump and get 20% off Brain.fm for meditation or focus. You can also go to audibletrial.com forward slash mindpump and get a 30-day trial plus one free audio book. Lastly, you can go to getnatureblend.com forward slash mindpump and you will get a discount on Ben Greenfield's CBD product.
0: Next up is Elizabeth Marie Fit. Can you talk about juicing?
2: Yes. Juice. Juice. juice up,
1: bro. Yeah, in, initially, yes. when Doug yeah. like, said
3: this question, we're like, steroids? Like, what? We just, no, just talked about, about we steroids. We're like, no, like, no, about vegetable you know, and fruit juice. Yeah. You know, uh, the, uh, someone asked me this. A reason why I picked this question because I got asked this just uh, recently. And it, I thought, you know what? We talked about this on the show, but it's it's been a long time. We came out like, fuck, this was early, early episodes. I think in the early hundreds where we... Uh, talked about uh, antioxidant drinks mm-hmm. and super, super juices and detox. Goji berry juices yeah, and all that shit. Yeah, all, all those uh, juices out there. And then also your, you know, like your Jack LaLanne juicer or whatever. And the oh, right. Yeah, and, and juicing. do you dare your, talk shit about Lalane Juicing all your My fruits hero. and He's vegetables. and uh, Mount Rushmore. You know, so here's and what we, what we discussed and what we talked about with juicing is that uh, nothing is going to replace whole foods. There's just bottom line. And, you know, if you have a friend or you have somebody who's done like some juicing protocol and they talked about all the great health benefit. Oh, my God, I felt so amazing. Oh, this like, oh, it's just more than anything else. It's that person was probably... Completely
2: deficient. Yes, yeah.
3: deficient in all these vitamins and minerals that are provided through fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they're squeezing thousand times the value of what they what they even need, yeah. and so their body is, is reaping the benefits of that. It's like a sponge. It's like,
2: oh yeah, finally some nutrients. Right, and it's like, just oh my like, god, I haven't yeah, seen vitamin right the C in fucking three months, yeah.
3: you know, mm-hmm. and like, I just got a whole fucking shit ton of it. Like, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Like, like, flood the system.
1: So, when it comes to... So, juicing, and Initially, uh, it didn't really get mainstream or semi-mainstream appeal until I think the 1930s. And yeah,
3: what did make it popular? Uh,
1: there was a guy who invented the juicer and like uh, the hard. first juicer. And then Jack Elaine yeah. was yeah. a big proponent of it. And Jack Elaine, as we all know, is like the godfather of fitness um, and very, very healthy man. There are some some benefits to juicing. And here's here's where they are. Here's where they start and kind of end. Uh, if you need a concentrated source of a particular nutrient, uh, this is one of the better ways to get it. So if you have a nutrient deficiency, like you know vitamin A, or you need vitamin C, and this is how juicing was used for a little while, it was medicinal. Like, mm. oh, you you know you need more vitamin A, or you know you're, you're you're low in vitamin A. Well, they didn't really use supplements back then. So what they would do is they'd say, okay, take these particular vegetables, juice them, and drink them, so that you're consuming. You know, thousands of milligrams of a of a vitamin that, in order for you to get, before you'd have to eat bushels and bushels and bushels of this vegetable that you could know you you wouldn't be able to do uh, any other way. Now that being said, uh, if if unless you're doing this for a particular reason, like a specific, like I said, you have a specific deficiency or something you're working on, I don't see any other benefit of it because what you're doing is you're taking. A fruit or vegetable that has all these amazing uh, health benefits and, and ingredients and chemicals and stuff that are in the plants naturally, and you're throwing away a nice chunk of them when you throw away the the, the fiber of the fruit or the or the vegetable or the plant material, right, the cell wall of it. You're squeezing out the fluid, but then you're throwing away. So it's like you're taking a big piece of it and you're throwing it away. Not only that, but you uh, increase its uh, sugar content. Uh, dramatically, because again, now you're consuming, you know, like one carrot doesn't have very much sugar in it at all. But if you drink a big glass of carrot juice, you've consumed the sugar of several carrots, m- more than most people would eat at one sitting. And so now you're getting into the kind of, you know, if it's good for you, great, but more isn't always better. Yeah. Um, fruit juice is the worst. Fruit juice, I never recommend yeah, like anybody pure drink sugar. Yeah. There's no reason to drink fruit juice you you're 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 taking fruit which is healthy, and then you're turning it into a sugar drink hmm. you know a glass of apple juice is something like twenty something grams of sugar and is like you know six or seven or ten apples in one glass when nobody would ever eat that many apples at one sitting right. it's, and and so you you get some detriments from it uh from doing that
2: well, and there's just a digestive process that we're sort of skipping by like like shredding all this like fibrous fruit and vegetables and then Um, you know, just having everything be a liquid and easy to process, and you know, like you need that the timing of all that—that's important, you know, for your for your stomach to to really process. Well,
1: there's a lot of natural checks and balances that we have in nature, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's all due to evolution, right? We evolved, we co-evolved with our environment, and so if if I'm a human and I go and uh, I chew on you know, the bark or whatever of a white willow tree. Mm -hmm. There's a certain amount of uh, a a chemical that is very, very closely related to aspirin. In fact, I believe it's the base of aspirin or maybe a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to get some pain relief. The, my ability to consume enough of that bark to give me an overdose effect is difficult because it's
3: limited by the amount
1: of bark that I right. can chew. But you yeah. could do it
3: through opening up those pill bottles and freaking swallowing those. Or
1: if I took the bark and processed the shit out of it and extracted whatever. Now and so nature kind of now, of course, there's lots of things in nature that can poison you. But you know, you look at fruits and vegetables. N- number one, in nature, fruits and vegetables, you find some uh, sometimes. And then there's a long, long periods of time where you don't find some and you don't find them in concentrations like you would Mm -mm. after we learned how to farm. Like there never, never in nature would you walk and then come upon an orchard of apple trees or rows and rows of spinach and broccoli and all that stuff. It just didn't happen in nature. You find them, you forage, you'd find, there was that limiting factor. There was, there was a limiting factor that fruit was probably never consumed. Uh, Frequently in mass amount, it was consumed in mass amount when we found it. We ate the fuck out of the bush of whatever, but that was it. And we didn't find any more. And hmm. vegetables and fruits don't look the way they do now because we bred them to be these calorie yeah, starch this monster. Yeah. Like uh, sugar, you you can look at paintings from the Renaissance era where uh, at the time it was real popular to paint like fruits, uh, you know, pictures of fruit, and they'll be painting like apples and whatever. They don't look like what They're we eat now. They're tiny. No, an apple is much smaller, and when you cut it in half, it's like full of seeds. Yeah, and fiber.
2: You have to work your way through all that stuff.
1: We bred it to become to reduce its fiber content. We breed them to be sweet, and you know when a fruit tastes sweet, that's because it's its highest fruit. Uh, that's well, when it has its higher sugar content. Yeah,
2: like yeah, keep reproducing those and planting those, and
1: having all this flesh. Mm. You know what I mean? Look at corn. Corn is a great one. Natural corn was like one singular. Uh, spindle or string with like, you know, sporadic kernels up all along it. That was a corn, that was a that was a, a corn plant. Now you've got this starch bomb, you know, this this huge cob of just tons of, of corn kernels all around it, packed full of starches, and that's cuz we learned how to breed them that way. Mm. So there's all these natural checks and balances, and one of the checks and balances is your ability to chew the food, eat it and the, the room in your stomach. Yeah. Now I can't fit 15 apples in my stomach, but I can drink 15 apples worth of juice.
2: And isn't it interesting that like all these different condensed supplements and pills, like their whole thing in, in the marketing of it is, is, you know, having this sort of uh, lining over it. So that way it, it has this time to release uh, to it, so it's like they're they're trying to emulate a lot of these things that you're bypassing by not like chewing through, th- you know, the the fibrous yeah. fruit or vegetable. Yeah,
1: food now, has a very food does that naturally. Naturally releases naturally does shit that. stuff yeah. when you're supposed to. Yeah. Now with
3: clients, I I would allow them to do this like this, and this is where where I where I do and I don't like juicing. I don't like juicing used as a weight loss strategy, or you know, I'm going to try and have a juice every day. Like that's a good goal to have or something. I try and teach my clients to learn to assess their eating habits, right? So like right now, uh, those that follow my story show that like every every week I post uh, my food rotation. So I'll look at like, oh, wow, it's been a long time since I've had spinach, kale, or like a good green veggie with lots of iron in it. Like I haven't done something like that. In you know, three or four days, I just happen to be at Whole Foods. I'm picking up my eggs this morning for breakfast. I'm going to have maybe I'll order a green smoothie, you know, a green juice from the Whole Foods, whatever, and get a juice like that. So that has uh, obviously a ton of kale and spinach or whatever it is that I'm looking for. So because you notice that you're not getting a a certain or a specific nutrient in your diet on a regular basis and then you're at a place where I can get it done or I have that at home and I haven't had an opportunity maybe to make it and I go, hey, you know what? This morning, I'm going to start my day off with a great big green smoothie because the last two days I've been really low on my greens and I haven't had any in my diet for whatever the reason may be. And so I'm aware of that. Therefore, I do something like this to implement that into my routine. But it's intermittently put in there based off of what you're eating or not eating on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. So I kind of teach that for my clients. Like, hey, because some of them like it, enjoy it, and some of them notice that they don't get enough of certain foods. And, and if you're using it uh, intermittently throughout the diet like that, I have less of a problem with it. Where I don't, I think when people make it a goal or use it as a weight loss strategy, I think is where they go wrong.
1: There's a, there's actually been cases of people, and you, you have to really push it to do this, but like anything, you know, people are like, oh, it's healthy, so I'm going to do it all the time and do a lot of it. There's been cases of people getting uh, vitamin overdose or toxicity from some of the fat soluble vitamins like vitamin A from drinking too many uh, like kale juices where they'll just drink mm-hmm. four smoothies a day or whatever and just pound kale over and over again and then end up getting these symptoms of uh, toxicity because they're they're consuming way more nutrients than they ever kale? would be is able it to iodine? do K that- uh vitamin K I think I think there might be iodine. I, I've
2: heard of people like having too much iodine from from just this overconsumption of K.
1: Drink a ton of carrot juice over a period of time and you'll notice your skin will start to turn orange. That's mm. from the beta carotene. Yeah. So uh yeah I personally will eat will drink a vegetable juice every once in a while but I'll do it purposely for its concentration of nutrients right like i was saying like, yeah exactly
3: you, you knew you were missing these types of mm-hmm. nutrients yeah. and so i'm gonna get a concentrated form because i know i've been lacking it. Mm-hmm. it makes sense that way to me
0: happy healthy and free is the weight set point legitimate
3: so the weight set point uh yeah. theory is this it's still a theory it's not this is something that's debated
1: um it is it's so there's a lot of confusion around it uh, because maybe that's where the debate is. Because uh, marketers in the whole diet uh, and weight loss uh, industry, for a little while here in like the '90s, this was like a big thing where they were like, "Change your weight, your weight set point." Like the reason why you lose weight and gain it is because you don't move the oh, set point. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And that was, that was all market. You know, that again. Leave it to the fitness industry to take a little good information, a little bit of a, a little bit of truth, market the fuck out of it, and then now everybody's confused.
1: No, here's your okay. So that what they would say is, they'd say, you know, we'll change this. Our program is is different because it changes your set point, and then you never gain weight again because that's your new natural weight, and blah blah blah. So here's why I think your weight set point, uh, or the, at least the way they talk about, it is bullshit. First off, there is, of course, a natural weight set point. Uh, but there's a healthy set point. And the reason why it doesn't make that big of a difference is all you gotta do is look around. Look around, everyday Americans. If the weight set point was really powerful, we would not have <laughs> all these overweight people. crazy obesity <laughs> walking around. Cause I can guarantee you, can you can override it. I can apparently. guarantee you, yeah. they, they didn't, uh, they, they weren't born with genes that said, hey, your natural weight set point is 275 <laughs> uh, at five foot six. Like that yeah. doesn't, that's not the case. Your natural weight set point you will find when you lead a very healthy lifestyle. Uh, I'm, myself, starting to really figure out that my body has a range that it likes to sit at, and it's about 187 to about 190, 192. Now, I can make it go above and below that by manipulating factors like exercise and nutrition. Like if I push muscle building, I can go in the in the 190s, 200s, and above, but if I just listen to my body and do what I think is right for it that to feel good, which includes resistance training and cardio sometimes, and you know eating a particular way, it just likes to settle right around there, and that's what they find. What they find is if you lead a really healthy lifestyle, that you'll find this kind of weight set point. Now that being said, there's a weight. Your, your weight set point is based on your lifestyle, so your natural weight set point may be at obese if you're leading. A lifestyle that leads to that, you know what I'm saying. So, when people are like, "Hey, no matter what I do, my my body weight's at 250. I'm just overweight, and there's nothing I can do about it." Well, your body's naturally at that it's
3: body yeah. weight because of what you're doing. Your weight set point adapted it, to that. Your I weight mean, set point's like love. You'll know it when you find it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll know it when you find it. And it, just like Sal said, I know there's a there's a a place where my body likes to be, and I constantly push it in and out of that range. And I know when I'm doing that. Like I'm right in the middle of that right now. To for me to gain and be 225, 230 pounds and get bigger like that, it's a constant effort and I can feel it. My body doesn't move as well. I'm not digesting food the same way. Like, I, and it's not bad. It's just I can feel that it's extra work for my body. And then I know when I'm in this just this sweet spot where. You know the and everything from my energy levels to the digestion, digest food digestion to to my poops to yeah. uh, my sleep to my mobility, like it all. When you're when you're at that set point, when you really find that, like like Sal was saying, when you find when you're truly truly healthy and balanced, uh, your body talks to you. It lets you know you're there. Like yeah. you can. I think
2: I think that's why it's too subjective. You yeah, know? it's like it's like it's, love. It's, it's an why idea. I said it's, like love, bro. it's an idea. You know, it's like internally yeah you're like oh i feel best around this weight and i was like had all these healthy practices in place and you kind of have an ideal idea of where uh where you know you feel the best and so it's like then you identify that but it's like that's like that's anything like anybody could come up with whatever you know why well, i feel great at this weight and they're like obese you know so it's like whatever like it, it's like whatever you feel like like the set point is for you I mean, it's too subjective what, for me to get behind it.
1: What you really want to think about is when you think of weight set point is you you have a potential. So everybody's born with, you know, their genes and their genes kind of determine their potential. So let's say my potential is 160 pounds to 220 pounds, like naturally, right? If I try to push outside of those, I'm going to really hurt myself, get sick, and I'm going to have to do extreme, extreme measures to go beyond those. So that tends to be my range. I made up that number by the, those numbers, but that's my range. And to go outside of it would require me to do real extreme things or to be really unhealthy or to take like anabolic steroids or something like that. So, and, and, and there may be someone else who's got a higher set point or a different set point or a different range. You know, I, there may be a dude that just, you know, he just, he's going to hold on to more muscle than I am. And so his potential is much higher than mine. This is true for a lot of our genetic uh, traits, uh, like, you know, even intelligence they're showing you have kind of this range and you can push yourself to the higher limit of that range, but you may not, you might not have the same potential as like a Stephen Hawking's for example. So, uh, you know, that being said a huge percentage or, or you have so much power over, over where you go within that range and that's determinant on your, your lifestyle, your, you know, how you eat and mm-hmm. how you move. So the whole weight set point, you know, theory type of thing. It was made real important by people who were trying to sell... Right. Diets and programs. I right. want you to focus on something specifically. In, in reality, it's not. Don't even. I wouldn't even. Don't even worry about it at all. You, you know, just go where you're gonna go. Whatever your goals are, yeah. that's your set point.
3: Quick commercial break, you guys. We keep getting asked all the time, how can I support the Mind Pump family? Here's one of the best ways you guys can. You guys love that Chimera Coffee that we have. Chimera Coffee with a K. You go to ChimeraCoffee.com. Put in the discount code Mind Pump for 10 percent at the checkout. Also, if you guys want to know how I have this luxurious beard, and you want one too. Go to bigtopbeardcompany.com, put in the discount mind pump again, but this time for 33% off. Also, you guys, if you guys have not tried Ben Greenfield's new bars out, they're fantastic. If you want some, go to Ben GreenfieldFitness.com forward slash nature bite. Put in the code Mind Pump and get 10% off. Go check it out.
0: Darby Marie Fit read that taking birth control is counterproductive for building muscle. She believes it said females taking oral contraceptives have lower blood levels of natural anabolic hormones. Is it true? If so, to what
3: extent would it limit muscle building ability? This is hard. Yeah, so... This is tough because the individual variance is going to be... And Every, what kind of birth control they're on. Well, all that. Yeah, yeah, and again, here's a thing, a situation too, where taking birth control, counterproductive, building muscle, she believes in the females so taking oral contraception. Yeah, getting so,
1: pregnant is counterproductive. Have have
3: yeah, lower <laughs> blood levels of natural anabolic hormones. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely, that, that could be true. That, and that is not ideal for a woman trying to build muscle. But is it still possible? Is she still going to have enough? hormones to still build muscle i mean
1: well so they've done they've actually done uh a few studies on this where they've tested and they're not perfect uh i don't necessarily like how they conducted the studies but the results are mixed as to whether or not it reduces uh athletic performance now does it impact uh athletic performance i of course i mean you're changing you're you're changing the hormonal signaling in your body. It's going to have an impact on your body. Obviously, you can't get pregnant and you, you know while you're on it. So it's doing something. It's doing more than just that as well because these hormones don't don't just do that. They also do other things. For example, there's been some studies that have shown that uh, during ovulation, the risk of ACL tear is actually higher, and they're not quite sure why. They think it might have to do with the hmm. uh, you know estrogen receptors in the ACL tissue, or it could have it have to do with the fact that women move a little differently when they're ovulating. This has been observed as well, um, and that may have to do with the ACL. Um, but it's for sure going to have an impact on you. Whether or not that's good or bad is based on the individual, and I'll give you an example. If you're a woman that has terrible cramps, terrible PMS, terrible. You know symptoms from your period. No, I already know where you're going with this. Sometimes taking the pill balances shit out, and now you feel better, and now you're working out better, and you're eating better. And for you, it was productive. It actually contributed
3: mm. to better results. Excellent point.
1: For other women, uh, it may have the opposite. This uh, is what
3: I meant by the individual variance. Because yeah. I feel like, it, sure, it could change. It cannot. It's probably not an ideal environment, right? It's probably not the perfect, but you may get so many other benefits because of that, right? Mm-hmm. That may end up having giving you a better workout, being more consistent nutritionally, like higher energy levels, so you're, then your intensity level's better in the gym. I mean, there's so many other things... That you could be benefiting from that help actually helps you build muscle, even though you're at a slight disadvantage because you're on birth control. Mm-hmm. So it's it's real. You got to have to you have to personally assess that yourself. But again, like they'll take you know a study like this that. Uh, We're splitting hairs on the difference that it could potentially make, and a lot of times, you know, you got to look deeper into some of these studies too. Like, what are they trying to? Are they trying to sell something or promote something behind it? And so they're trying to use a scare tactic that, oh my god. You know, this isn't women that take birth control pill. Or your birth control may not be able to build muscle. So here, take our supplement. This is helps increase your natural hormone. You know, normally a study like this is then attached to something like that that's mm-hmm. promoting you to take something else to help that environment well, when, because you're at a disadvantage. So they take a little bit of science. That is probably true. Uh, just so they can market or put a spin on well, it so or do, scare you for a headline. So right?
1: when they also do studies on how many female athletes take birth control... It's actually pretty high. It's over eighty percent, which is a li- which is higher than the than the population. So, uh, so more female athletes take birth control than just you know regular uh, non athletes that are that are women. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're taking it for you know any other reason other than you know if they're athletes and they train a lot. They probably don't want to get pregnant. They right, don't I was going to say that could be their... <laughs> you know, they don't want to deal with uh, with what's going on. That being said, you're seeing a trend now, which ha- we haven't seen since the introduction of, uh, you know, hormonal contraception, which is more and more women, young women, are opting to not...
3: Take birth control. Katrina never has. Yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. know what you were saying she, that. Yeah, she's 36 years old and she's never taken anything like that before. And- you
1: used to not, you know, for a while there, like w- more, it was growing. More women were taking it, more women were taking it. It was like this whole revolution, right? When it w- first got introduced, it was great because it gave women the power to like not get pregnant. So it was, just, it was a real big part of uh, even the feminist movement. But, uh, and it grew, it grew, it grew, it grew over the decades. And now we're starting to see. Mm -hmm. less uh, women take them. And uh, the reasons that they're saying they're not taking them is because of some of the side effects like the weight gain, the moodiness, Mm -hmm. and some of the perceptions that taking birth control... Like There's been a couple studies that have shown taking birth control uh, increases certain uh, health risks uh, like blood clots and um, even some types of cancers, estrogen-dominant cancers like uh, breast cancer, for example. So you're seeing more and more women opt out of, of taking them. My personal opinion on birth control is, you know, definitely take take advantage of your reproductive, uh, you know, abilities. So whether it's condoms or, or birth control, like that's a very smart thing to do. One of the worst things, one of the worst dilemmas you could get into is being, is being pregnant and, you know, being unwanted pregnancy. Um, but besides that, You know, I know a lot of women. I've had a lot of female clients, young female clients in their like twenties, who took birth birth control
3: to for a symptom.
1: It like they've been on birth control since they started their
3: period. I know a lot of girls have done that, and it
1: it wasn't because they weren't they weren't even
3: having sex. They wanted because it it helps with their cramps, right?
1: Cramps, or they had lots of bleeding, or whatever. And my you know my thought on that is like with anything. If the body's in optimal state of health, and of course there's exception to this, but if it's in an optimal state of health, then uh, you you probably wouldn't need to supplement with a hormone to handle a symptom. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've had female clients that.
3: God, you're, had you're, terrible. You're, you're gonna get roasted for saying Maybe. Well, <laughs> well I, maybe.
1: I, look, I'll tell you what. Um, I, again, I've never been attack in attack sister- of the vaginas this week, oh, bro. No no no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm staying silent on this yeah. whole topic. Listen, yeah. here's the thing. Like, good. It's your turn, bro. I took the onslaught there, last week. No, 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 no. <laughs> if there's anything that you, if there's anything you have to take <sighs> for your body, uh, in many cases, it's not. You don't have to take it. There's something going on with your diet and your lifestyle that is contributing to a lot of these symptoms. So like I've had, uh, female clients who would work on their nutrition and incorporate certain supplements like, uh, evening primrose oil, for example, and make a huge impact on, 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 on symptoms of PMS, like cramps and pain and stuff. I've had clients with really bad uh, issues like, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Fibroids, for example, who will change their diet, eliminate sugar, go on a ketogenic diet, and have dramatically lowered uh, amounts of pain and stuff? So, um, so you know, my I, what I, my advice always is: it doesn't matter, man or woman, if you have to take something, like you have arthritis or you have this pain or you have this autoimmune issue, and and you have to take these, you know, these drugs. Look at the way you're living and see if that can have a positive effect on those symptoms. And in many cases, a body a human body that's in an optimal healthy uh, environment it, your health is optimized you'll find a lot of your symptoms like let's make let's take a let's take a basic one There's people that have to take uh, medications for constipation weekly every week they have mm. to take medications for constipation and they their doctors don't even I mean they don't even consider that
3: maybe. There's things in their diet that could have yeah, major that, impacts. That on That, that, that. crazy? <laughs> Not maybe, for sure, dude. Yeah. Like, what have you ever met anybody who has constipation that wasn't their There's diet like eating a block of cheese? Yes, dude. Their diet. <laughs> just, I can I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make ah, sense. I'm trying. It it's won't it. come out. Yeah, I haven't, haven't had fiber in a month. But yeah. fuck, I have no <laughs> idea what's <laughs> no going. on. Well, so that's a so that's what an easy that? one.
1: That's an easy one to connect, right? But how about when you go to the doctor and you're like, I have a skin issue, you know, you have psoriasis. Has any of your doctors said to you? You know, Adam, let's look at your diet. Maybe your diet's making not it worse. Not only have they
3: not done that, but I have brought to them several times, like, mm. what do you think about this? Or I've been reading on this, and I, it and, and, could this be this nutrient? And it was you who just recently brought uh, the, the possibility of vitamin D. And I was like, God, you know, this is crazy now that you say this, because when I think about it, I was someone who had tons of sun exposure growing up, never had psoriasis, anything like that. Then all of a sudden I'm 23, 24 years old and and psoriasis comes out of nowhere and then progressively gets worse as I get older. And then I think like I I remember the dramatic shift in looking at my skin when I was in my 20s because when I started working for 24 Hour Fitness, I was in the gym indoors with no sun exposure all day long, I worked ten-hour days, twelve-hour days for like years on years, and I became like this super white guy, like Justin White. Like I was, I was used to being <laughs> so. is our litmus test for yeah. white, right? And then you come and you it's bring fine, that, you, you bring that to me about vitamin D, and I thought, God, I, I don't know why that never even dawned on me. Like I never even thought of that, and I've already, but it sucks because I've been. pro, pro uh, uh, prodding prodding my uh dermatologist probing for, yeah probing is actually what yeah, i was looking yeah, yeah. for That prodding Sorry. <laughs> i've been probing my, my probing derm- and prodding <gasps> 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 <What? laughs> yeah. Yeah. probing my dermatologist for uh years now on like you know do you think it could be this in my diet but I you've try-
1: also noticed changes with just other things like when you said when you eliminate certain foods like sugars and processed foods yeah you said your psoriasis yeah yeah gets a lot better
3: yeah it, it was it was probably the best it, it's ever been in the last couple of years was when I was when I run closer to a well, ketogenic to diet, to me
1: it's fucking crazy to cons- that people don't even consider that perhaps their diet and their movement uh, don't have an impact on their uh, some of these symptoms that they may be taking yeah. birth control to control. That's all I'm saying um, yeah. is that you know take a look at that. Look, there's studies now that already show, by the way, the evening primrose oil that there's a there's a fatty acid in evening primrose oil that for some women it makes a big difference. When it comes to cramping, it just makes a, a massive difference. So, you know, when it comes to, to, again, to birth control, very, very individual as to whether or not it's going to give you better, you know, improve your results when it comes to exercise or de- or, or decrease your results. But nothing's going to impact you better than just being healthy overall, I guess is where I want to end that at. So right. mm. uh, check this out. On YouTube, Mind Pump TV drops a new video Every single day, we drop videos on subjects like comparing high intensity interval training to low steady state uh, type cardio. We talk about fasting. We did one where we talked about undulating your calories. And then we do lots of exercise demos where we'll pick workouts and exercises and teach them on video because there's only so much you can learn from listening to us. Sometimes you have to actually see us. And the place to do that is on YouTube. So you go on YouTube, look up Mind Pump TV subscribe to our channel. Also, if you want to ask us a question that we answer on these episodes, the place to do it is on Instagram and the page to do it on is Mind Pump Media. And we also have personal pages. Mine is Mind Pump Sal. Justin is Mind Pump Justin. Adam is Mind Pump Adam. And Doug is Mind Pump Doug.